Hello. Hello and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. Podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. Jake. And joining us today, we <laughs> we have a very special guest, Mr. Sam Selesno. Hello. <laughs> I'm Sam. And today we are discussing the movie Lucky Them, released in 2014, written by Emily Wachtel and Hut Botko, directed by Megan Griffiths, about a music journalist played by Toni Collette, who is bad at her job, and she goes looking for her childhood sweetheart on the 10th anniversary of his disappearance. The 10th anniversary? Yeah. Did they talk about that? Yeah. They do. They they say that it was she she refers to it as being ten years ago. Oh, and yeah. the very beginning. But beginning. but I was confused about how old she was ten years ago throughout a lot of the film. Her um, age feels <laughs> very mysterious. Yeah. yeah. It's a I it's a common she... theme with Tony Collette. She's she's chameleon like. She's ageless. I just All wonder we know... why she was cast in this particular role at this particular stage in her life because she'd already played like a mother of two yeah all we know is that she is older than uh it looks like everybody she has slept with yes since uh her long lost childhood boy yeah the first thing i wrote down literally was cougar tony yes that's what it should have been called the movie what does the title even mean it's a reference to um the bush baby that thomas hayden church gives his wife at their wedding Mm -hmm. uh the handler says they don't want love or affection they just want to be left alone and tony collette goes lucky them i totally missed that because she wants love and affection and she doesn't know where to get it it was kind. Of, it was kind of one of those moments where I didn't realize why the title was called "Lucky Them" until she said the title. Um, yeah, I didn't even. That's yeah. also a really bad title. I think it should have been called. Maybe we should come up with as one of the awards. We could come, each come up with an alternate title that we share at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool. With All that. right, so it's been a while. I just want to be upfront with our audience. It's been a while since we've done one of these. It's been a minute. Because um, I don't know if anyone's heard, but there was a pandemic. There is a there pandemic. There is a pandemic. It's currently still happening. We are socially distant from each other. Yeah. I'm Luckily, I don't think any of us have had it. Coronavirus, I mean. I might have had it. I, yeah, mm. see, I think I had it in February. but Oh, damn. It was before. It was like a huge deal. Um, yeah, I think my roommate had it in January. And then I think I had it maybe. Wow. I just had a cold. I did have a cold. <laughs> I had um, a terrible cough and like extreme fatigue so I was shit. like definitely had it <laughs> I feel like every morning I wake up and I think that I have coronavirus for like an hour and then I'm just tired I do get tested um, every two weeks now for my job so that's nice yeah I'm trying to get tested again tomorrow uh, and I last got tested like two weeks ago we love a test. I just leave my house so much. Uh, everybody, all of the states <clears throat> are under quarantine, except New York is in like phase four of reopening or whatever, which basically means that everything is open, except everything is open. Like, 
You can't really sit inside to eat, except you might be able to now. I don't know. Like no, you. That's starting on the September thirtieth. Oh, okay. So actually, by the time this podcast comes out, I might have already started. I don't know when we're releasing this. Yeah. Um, but what I was saying about it was that I feel like I don't know. Do you think we should like rebrand how we talk about the movies? Yeah. Yes, the post-COVID, like, <laughs> pre-COVID dichotomy will be massive. People will say it's basically a different podcast. People will say, why, why aren't you talking about Tony Collette anymore? Now, exactly. you're, now you're just talking We could just uh, pivot about... to Adina Menzel like, right now <laughs> and just start talking about her. We could. Oh, my God. She doesn't have if... as, as large of a filmography, though. Exactly. But... So what if we started to do... It's like, just rent and We start and... going... We start going reverse Adina filmography and forward Tony. Wow. And then we just... Like, like, like last five years, but Tony, Colette, and Adina Menzel. Yeah, and they never work together, so it doesn't matter. I asked. <laughs> I DM'd Adina Menzel and I asked her to come on the podcast and she said no. I mean, well, no, she didn't say she no. Said no. No, she didn't say no. <laughs> she just she didn't like, answer. No, I don't want to come on your fucking podcast if it's not about me. She hates Tony Collette. She has a feud asthma. with Tony Collette. She thought that The Sixth Sense was too scary, and she doesn't think yeah. that it should be allowed to be made. I said, wait Did- till you hear about Krampus. Is that true? Does Adina no. Menzel know that? <laughs> Does it I just want that Tony Collette played her part in a different iteration of <gasps> the same the story. wild party. Oh, yes. I <laughs> could have guessed it was the same role. Oh my god! Of I want to. I really want to see Tony, Tony Collette. Was, Tony was Life Tony nominated. Tony, she, I think she won a Tony. Was, I don't think she won so. a Tony. I think she's actually up? not won any major award except for the Emmy. No. I, who was I'm, I'm looking at her Wikipedia right now. What else came out that year, though? What was Who was she up against? I forget. Probably, like, fucking oh. Patty LuPone. I have no idea. I know that she lost Probably. the um, Sixth Sense Oscar to Angelina Jolie, I think. Angelina. Yeah, for yeah. Girl Interrupted. Angelina Jolie. I mean, Angelina Jolie was great in that movie, but... Did she cry in a car? Gonna... Yeah, she did not. Oh, she lost. You guys, she lost to Heather Headley and Aida. (gasps) That makes a lot of sense. Who is now, Heather Headley is now on this Netflix show called Sweet Magnolias. Uh, That is, yeah, it's just the pure definition of like a nothing show. (laughs) It's just like, it's it's just like ladies in a town and they live in a small town and they resent people who leave the town. I saw Heather Headley on this like Disney, like Broadway woman thing on The View. <laughs> she was so good. She just sat on a stool and sang like, um, I'm not that smart. Can you feel the love tonight or something? <laughs> not, I'm not that smart. <laughs> but she- remember when Idina Menzel was in Aida and she played and she did My Strongest Suit? Yes. Yeah. And she I wore like saw- a witch hat. I saw Aida um, when Adam Pascal was in it, and he spit a lot. Right. He definitely had COVID, probably. Yeah. 
That's where it started, was actually at the original production of Aida, written by Elton John and Tim Rice. Adam, COVID? Or Adam Pascal? No, COVID. Same thing. (laughs) Adam Pascal is the human incarnation of the coronavirus. (laughs) I wonder what the, you know how like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing? I wonder how we could connect Tony and Adina. Ooh. Well, through Wild Party, I guess. No, um, but like, but like, through like yeah. people. people. Um, huh. I'll have to <laughs> think about that. I mean, they're both indie queens. Turns out. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> turns out. Oh, speaking of, did you guys see my shirt? Yes. It oh says rent. I had the shirt for twelve years. Is I feel like I have a. That you it's were from. In? No, no, it's from the tour that um, Adam Pascal and Anthony Rapp went on in like 2008 oh. when they were both 40, and they <laughs> were playing. At, yeah, they were playing like 20 year olds in a cast full of 20 year olds. People literally on the street see me wearing this, and they're like, "Hey, were you in Rent the tour?" Oh and I'm like, God. "Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I played the man." Yeah. Ugh. Just tell them you played Squeegee Man, like the guy who goes honestly. No, thing. I play the the man. The man. Viewer. Oh, the man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The man. He also shot Bambi's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and he made Mimi. Anyway, we should talk about the film. But what I meant was way long time ago was we could do a little recap of the whole story right now. Yes. Doesn't that sound so. fun? Mm-hmm. Do you want to do it? I think Sam wants to do it. Uh, the one, the the me. guest. Me. Uh, I'm recapping. <laughs> okay. I'm recapping. Lucky them. Yes. Exactly. Okay. That's your job. So, from my recollection of this movie, it starts off um, where basically you you find you, you the, the exposition is just she had a boyfriend ten years ago who was a musician. She herself is a music journalist. But she's very cavalier about it. Like, she doesn't really want to be there. Um, and basically, her boss is like, I'm going to fire you unless you do an investigation on your ex-boyfriend who just left the music industry and your life 10 years ago. Yeah. So- he fully, like, gone girled himself. <laughs> he faked like, not, his not death in that at he, a waterfall. He faked his own death at a waterfall. Yeah. Fully gone girled. Um, Except for so- the framing part. <laughs> So yes, um, her boss is Oliver Platt. Um, while this is happening, she meets, um, sorry, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the actors. Um, she meets a young musician who she then fucks and gets some feelings <laughs> for his, or no, they kiss. And then she leaves. They yeah. yeah. She's kiss. like maybe going to do a piece on him. She's interviewing him, yeah. but they have sexual chemistry beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Yeah, it's and... like <laughs> it, it's it, the tension is there. Like this is the thing about Tony Collette is that well, I shouldn't give any of my opinions yet. Um, we'll get to no. That. Let's do it. No, let's get into it. <laughs> well, I just think that at first you're like, why is she in this movie? What is she like doing? And then you realize that it's because she's the only thing that makes the movie compelling so that's yeah. the like this movie is a testament to like 100. what's amazing about Tony Collette it's like she 
just lets the story flow through her in a way that you like like it could be like the most mundane story and you'd still want to see her react to it i guess yeah this is like such a like cameron diaz role yeah yeah but she's just like she's just like i'm tony clatt she's very like (laughs) (laughs) so deal with it she's very like cool tony in this i thought that she was going to be like a detective tony i think we call her when she's like on a mission but this is like is that executive realness tony like i don't know i i like i feel like she should be detective tony in this movie like her boss is asking her to be detective tony he's like i saw like minds i know what you can do and she's like and she's like nobody saw like minds and uh but instead she's just cool tony who doesn't give a fuck she is like shoshana schoenbaum at best yeah except shoshana schoenbaum if she mm, was like stone she's even more american in this than like this is the most american she's ever been this is definitely the most american she's ever been i think even on even verge of canadian um it's like a very midwestern like tony midwestern canadian yeah Yeah. like something's going on there so torontonian very toronto very Mm. yes that's exactly what i was getting at i think that um her performance in this is like a healthy combination of Meryl Streep in that movie where she played a rock star. What was it called? Oh, um, oh fuck. Um, yes. Diablo uh, Cody wrote it. Or yeah, Diablo Cody really? wrote it. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. What was that called? Ben Platt was in it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. This guy who I, went to my high school who went, uh, like won a Tony is in that movie. Oh, shit. Well, her performance. Tony I have to brag. Tony Collette's performance in this was like Meryl Streep in that movie mixed with Aubrey Plaza in Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, um, yeah. It was like somewhere in between those two performances. Um, but this movie had a very Safety Not Guaranteed vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, thought that it, I thought it had a very Safety Not Guaranteed vibe as well in the sense that i feel like this was a very solid like three out of five star movie for me yeah like at the end i was like that was good yeah there was was a very slow build up to a very small payoff yeah very indie movie there was a payoff because she she sold the fuck out of it but (laughs) yes i was gonna get to that but yeah oh we will get to that for Mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. Uh, my favorite part of this movie was the fact that everybody is okay. So Tony's ex-boyfriend, he's not just her childhood sweetheart. He's also like a somewhat um, uh, like neutral milk hotel type figure in the sense that he came out with this one album that everybody was like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And then he just like disappeared to never be seen or heard from again. So yeah, people were like he had so much from, potential. Exactly. So as <clears throat> so aside from being like her boyfriend, he also is like hugely like influential in the music industry. There's all these like new artists you know coming up in the movie who say like, "Oh, he he fucking inspired me. He's the reason why I am who yeah. I am today." And what is it's this man? Like velvet gold mine. Literally, except and- not campy or british and what is this man's name the most generic name in the entire world <laughs> matthew smith 
Everybody's like, whoa, Matthew Smith. It's like they meant to change <laughs> the name to something more interesting in rewrites, and then they just forgot. And they were just like, oh, like a placeholder name, Matthew Smith. Like a name, the most ungoogleable name in human yes. history. Like the most difficult man to find. Like I bet he didn't even have to change his name. He could have just stayed on being Matthew Smith and nobody would have been able to. He didn't him. change his name. Yeah, he didn't change his name. His new, well, I won't spoil that yet, but, um, so, and then the rest of the movie basically is just her, like, hanging out with Thomas Hayden Church, mm. um, and he's so awkward and weird, and I hate so, him. I, no, yeah. I love him in this. He's, he's no. also, no, he's a good actor. Like he, he is, like, he is, he is, like, autism sexy in this. Well, yeah, that's true, yeah. but he plays, I just call him Sandman, because of Spider-Man 3. <laughs> He, so I feel like his character is kind of useless, but like less useless than Nina Arianda's character. Um, <gasps> Don't you dare talk about. She's my favorite character. Wait, is Nina Arianda the lesbian bartender? Yeah, she's a lesbian. She's also okay. a Tony Award winner. Yeah, she references oh, yes. her girlfriend like a couple times throughout it, but we Why never. Did, did I watch a girlfriend? censored version of this movie? Because I didn't hear the title drop or that. <laughs> She literally, she just mentions like twice in the movie. She's just like, oh, like Angela's at home. She would kill, the way that it sounds, it oh. almost sounds like she could be talking about her roommate. Uh, but I right. choose well, to she's see a bartender, as, as so a lesbian. She probably has a roommate. Yeah, but she's also a bartender. So maybe she's a lesbian. So listen, I have a story about her. Um, she, first of all, her hair is iconic. She her hair is like, iconic. Black it's circus bangs. It's, it's my favorite bad. haircut. It's bad. I was gonna give it the award for worst wig. <laughs> really? Oh my god, it's, it's my best prop. <laughs> no, but um she is on an episode of 30 Rock and she plays the heiress. She's dating Alec Baldwin and she's the heiress of the Sabaro pizza chain, and her name's Pizzerina Sabaro. In 30 Rock. So I just kept, in my notes, I kept writing down Pizzerina is back and she's doing like stuff like that. I don't know. God. Not that funny, but I just love Pizzerina. No. I liked Thomas Hayden Church's character because he, I felt, was. Okay, first of all, I liked his character just on a visceral level. I enjoyed him being around. I thought that he, I thought that he was visceral? so good. Yeah, no, he was so good in Easy A. So when I saw him on this cast list, I was like, yeah, fantastic. He good in Easy A. And then who was every, he in Easy A? He, he was, was the uh, he was the teacher. The one who was married to Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, I think. And she was sleeping with a student. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Um, I forgot about she, all of that. She gave yes. chlamydia to the boy or something. I just remember him being really funny in Easy A, and he's really funny in this. And he also is kind of the only character who ever volunteers information about himself. I felt like for most of the movie, this had That's like a big case of like Tony Collette is the main character syndrome, yeah. where every scene was just her. In the first act was her either venting to somebody about her own problems and then being like, mm -hmm, okay, wow, and just asking like polite questions uh and waiting mm -hmm. to like reveal the fact that their mom just died or whatever but then the scene cuts before you get to that but then thomas hayden church is like i'm engaged you know i have a life Ugh. and he just talks about himself and i'm like that's good like good for you that was the dumbest storyline ever it His was dumb girl, but i like he gets it. married too 
She's like super strange. I don't know. Was she trying to? Was she like a millennial parody or something? Is I that think that, that was she was a millennial parody, but also um, Tony's um, younger lover is also a millennial, and he also yes. thinks that she's ridiculous. Lu- Lucas. Yes. Who I thought was Steve from Shameless for like the whole movie, and then it wasn't. So she's like, no, go ahead. Why didn't he text her? But anyway, no, literally, why didn't he text? That was the dumbest conflict. I thought there's a conflict in the movie. She goes to the wedding. Sorry, (laughs) she goes to Thomas Hayden Church's wedding to this millennial, Mm -hmm. and she decides to fuck a millennial who was he was really funny actually. This like friend of Sandman is at the wedding, and then. She's like, oh my god, my boyfriend's in LA with a music deal and he hasn't texted me in like two days. And oh my god, so she fucks this guy and then he walks into her room in the middle of the night, her boyfriend, and he's like, finds her in bed with him and then they're just like broken up. It was really dumb. Like, he should have texted her. Yeah I, that, yeah. I feel like every guy she hooks up with in this movie, except for Lucas, the youngest one, is like an immense asshole. Like, and I think that's, like, a huge theme in this movie is that she just has, like, Tony Collette's character has, a, like, a high tolerance for shitty men. Yeah. Um, and it makes you almost not like her. But because it's Tony Collette, it's, like, impossible for her not to be likable. Right. Maybe that's why yeah. she needed to be cast in this role, you know? <laughs> I do think that the role would have been annoying if anybody else besides her had been cast. Yeah. It was crazy how, just how insanely like indie this movie was like yeah it almost looked cheap but like they got major major <laughs> actors and so i was like i guess that's where the budget went well but they I'm got just, like, two major johnny depp johnny depp johnny depp for, depp for a cameo seconds. and they got johnny depp apparently it took like eight years to get him attached to it or something um because because thomas aiden church had been attached to it since like 2006 or something but then they had a problem filling like the tony role they just couldn't find anybody who would do it basically and then johnny depp didn't come on until uh basically they were like about to film that scene that's crazy. But wow. they really wanted to get Johnny Depp because he's like kind of quintessential in that way for being like mysterious. Yeah. And it's such a meta moment in the movie where it's like an hour and 20 minutes in and then it's like literally Johnny Depp shows up as the person you've heard about the whole yeah. time. And he and has like, a fucking British fuck? accent. No, he just talks like Johnny Depp. No, yeah, he was just talking like Johnny really? Depp. Really? That's how he talks. He, yeah, he's just I was like, I was like, he's talking so weird. <laughs> he um, talks like really how, he's like, hey, I'm Johnny Depp. Sorry, about Yeah, I loved Sorry, that. Uh, I loved that Thomas Hayden Church's character hates music because that's a line that I used one time to get a guy to stop talking to me. That you hate music. <laughs> he was like, "What kind of music do you listen to?" I was like, "I don't listen to music." You like he was like, Brian I can Adams. recommend you no, some. No. I almost said I, he likes Brian Adams. You like Neutral Milk Hotel, Adina Mantel, and right. Fiona Apple. Yes. I'm wearing a Fiona Apple shirt right now. Yes. Oh my god, and I'm wearing an Adina Mantel shirt. Wow, wow. <laughs> We've got your whole bases covered here. This Adina is crazy. That's my favorite Christmas album. Oh, yes. it's so good. I- 
I was about to say Acoustic Hearts of Winter, but that's actually the Allie and AJ Christmas album. Wait, which one? The, her newest one or her older one? Um, the one that came out in like 2013. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, I, I actually got it signed by her at a Barnes & Noble on 54th oh my gosh, Street. I'm so jealous. And Rain was there. Our friend of the pod, Rain, and I, that was when we first met. Um, in line at the Adina Menzel holiday season. I love Rain. I got uh, the Adina Menzel album I Stand signed in like 2007 out of Borders on Long Island. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. So, have you listened to her album Adina period? No, I have no, not. I have not. That's, that song Cake. Oh, Cake is iconic. Right, <laughs> and then there's that one. She literally, she literally does whistle tones in one of the songs. And I'm like, oh where was this in Wicked? I didn't know her chords could do that. Still, they probably were like they, one of them probably shattered, and that was the sound that I heard. Yeah, yeah. maybe. My favorite song of hers um, is from Still I Can't Be Still, her original, her first album. And it's called Larissa's Lagoon. And it's about like a girl getting abused by her dad. You played that for me in freshman year. Yeah. And I would listen to it when I was a kid and be like, what the fuck? And then I would look. What? Was she okay? I don't know. What Um, is the lagoon? I don't know. But then the there, was, well. there was another song called Minuet, and one of the lines was like, the sex lasts for hours. And I was like, whoa, Edina <laughs> Menzel has sex? <laughs> she had sex with Tay Diggs. She had sex and with, and I'm pretty sure that he was like in the music video. The music video is her just like <sighs> lounging like in the backseat of a car that's like, like parked. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ew. Oh my god, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh during Wicked, whenever Dina Menzel's pussy got wet, <laughs> it would be green. Wicked ass pussy. <laughs> okay. Green green. He's like, like babe. Green. <laughs> Wow. Um, do you think Tony likes do you think Tony Klett's done the, the WAP challenge? What's what's the WAP challenge? Hello, the wet ass pussy dance. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you seen about. the video, Sam? I deleted my TikTok. No, I'm talking about Cardi B. No, I'm like I know I, I know what WAP is, but I don't know what the challenge oh, is. Oh, it's just people it's doing just the a choreography. Dance? And oh, a lot okay. of people do it in front yeah. of their like grandmas and stuff. It's it's oh. very specific choreography though. It's a grand ma into a large into a grand plie. Bitch. And then do a twerk <laughs> into a split into a split twerk. So okay. you've done it? Um I think thought about attempting it and then I tried to kick my leg and it got to 90 degrees and hurt a lot so um, and then you logged onto Instagram and said you know what guys I'm a feminist and I'm gonna let the ladies have this one (laughs) well like my leg works great I'm just saying (laughs) 
but it's the lady's turn. It's time to give him a chance to dance. Because as you know, the, the, the dance genre, historically dominated by men. Are you quoting something? What? Are you quoting something? No, I'm, I'm just being an asshole. <laughs> it's Tilt Tuesday. Oh my God. Oh, I know about dancing from college. <laughs> oh, the, Is that every Tuesday the dance with dance? I can tell you. Nobody's flexible enough to have a tilt right now. Like, who has been stretching through all of quarantine? Fuck y'all. I um, <laughs> I worked out every day until I moved, and then I was just, like, stopped. No, I, working out, that I get. But stretching? Please. <laughs> <laughs> if you stretch before you work out, you're a pussy. If you were really in shape, then your body would just be able to do those things. Yeah. Without, yeah. without cue. I agreed. Um, what else happened in this movie? Um, I wrote a lot of notes. Um, (laughs) we got to, um... So, the detective... We got to the wedding. Oh, yeah, the wedding. Yeah. I just think the detective stuff was weird, because the tone of the movie was so, like, indie record store the whole time, but then they're, like, solving a case. It's a, uh, it's yet another genre-less Tony movie. She... Is there a genre? Because I'm not doing it if there is. It's like... (laughs) Tony, what was frustrating about it for me is that Tony Collette's character wasn't invested in the investigation. She didn't no. give a until shit until like the last twenty minutes of the film. Like the majority of the movie, she's like, "Fuck it, who cares? I can get fired. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna drink another whiskey neat." And then all of a sudden, it's like two weeks past the deadline. Yeah, and she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna do it." <laughs> She's already had all these problems with men. Oh, I like yeah the part where she's like, "I'm not an investigative reporter. I am a music critic, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing." Yeah. While she's driving the camper, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing either. Same. But Thomas Mm -hmm. and Church is like, "Let me like film everything." He's like, weirdly, he's like, "I'm a documentarian. I'm taking a documentary class, so I'm gonna make this documentary." That's a really good impression. Yeah. And then she's like. Well, I feel okay about it. He's like, how does this make you feel? And she's like, excited. Okay, the concept that we are, we're, we're supposed to believe that Tony Collette needs any help elaborating on her feelings when the first act of this movie is just her talking everybody's ear off, whoever will listen. About Matthew Smith, right? About, about Matthew Smith, yeah. She He's won't stop talking about her fucking ex-boyfriend. And then all of a sudden when somebody puts a camera on her, she's quiet. <laughs> Why the, why the hypocrisy, Tony? I, I yeah. love the genre of, I, I wrote that I love the genre of like movie where it's like adults, fully adults who just like randomly decide to do something for no reason, like investigate their ex-boyfriend. <laughs> They're like, like I just feel drunk. Buy a camper for an acquaintance, and they are just gonna drive yeah. around. Also, when and they're sitting in the camper, and he's like, "You wanna fuck?" and she's like, "No," and he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna go sleep in that room. You go sleep in your room." And I'm like, "If that happened to me, I would be so scared that he would like come into my room in the middle of the night." No, it's true. You're you're right. Like, it wouldn't work in reality. I think it's just because it was what 2014 when this movie came out. Oh, it was. Be- it was before we like. Yeah. It was. It was a. It, um. It was at a time when it was premium. Like too. indie movies still were allowed to have this slightly rapey tone. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, also, Thomas Hayden Church's yeah. virginity. Um, she asks him how he lost his virginity. He says, I was 14. I lost it to my 45-year-old housekeeper. Yeah, she oh, was yeah, Jamaican. Jamaican she was so tender. Well, the connotation is that it's not even bad if it's an older woman and a teenage boy. Exactly. There, there was just an undertones of racism. Tony didn't even care. <laughs> because clearly, because she's like a mega cougar anyway. Yeah. But it's also, like like, I mean, there's a big, like, there's a different, you know. No, there is, but there I is think a that, like, you oh, could right. that into it where she's like, you know what? I would um, do that. Do we think that um, uh, they got together at the end? Yeah. Okay, because I don't like that. Um, I mean, because I it ends with friends. her, like, it, yeah, it ends with her, like, uh, like on the, the phone with her with, with her lesbian friend or something and she's like oh i have to go and then she gets into a cab with thomas hayden church but they don't yeah. like kiss or anything so maybe they she's don't. just so maybe she's just like working on herself you know, this that's kind of what now. i got from the ending i liked that it didn't end with the two of them because yeah. it would have yeah. felt wrong like that would have really left a bad taste in my mouth if the movie ended with the two of them because it really like he was not the story was not his character. He was just like a plot device. Um, yeah. And a fo- he was a foil to her. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he was the second most developed character for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. this movie reminds me a lot of um, Young Adult. Have you guys seen it? Mm-hmm. I haven't, but that's another Shall Diablo yeah. Cody movie. That would be like and Patton Oswalt's in that too. Oh, um, love him. It's like she's like completely deranged. Like Tony's not near I that level of but... Oliver Platt was Patton Oswalt. Um, I wrote but... that down <laughs> and I kept <laughs> wishing that it was him because I because I love Patton Oswalt. I do too. It should have been Patton Oswalt. Oh probably... and do you know do you know what the other connection to to uh, United States of Terra is that this movie has? What? Uh Lucas, the younger man that she's sleeping with, was on United States of Terra no. in one no, episode in like season one when Tara and Brie Larson go out for like a mother daughter trip and there are those two guys hitting on them at the pool. At the pool? Yes. Those? Yes. That's Ken wild. Marino was hitting on Tony and Lucas was hitting on Brie Larson. That's crazy. Do you think that like Tony and this actor like uh, <laughs> well, I think that they got along because she improvised a line about like touching his balls. Um, true. The it, scene, it was very the scene where I'll touch your uh, testicles. Yes, the scene where they're at the beach. They go to the beach in Seattle, and like mm. it's cold, and he runs in for like two seconds. Apparently, um, the like the chicken. Yeah, after he comes back in back to Tony, um, he improvised the line, like, I can't feel my balls, and she said, I'll feel your balls. He said testicles. Whatever. Which is way grosser. Yeah. Wait, yeah, they're in Seattle the whole time? Yeah, they're in Seattle. How did you guys know this? Because it says so in the beginning. It says, uh, like, Seattle, ten years later. First two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was I also an interview... There's all- <laughs> I was like, why are you guys in the forest? And then you're sometimes at oh like a, movie, a concert venue, and then sometimes like sometimes a like- city, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I was like, that, I assumed 
Toronto, but Seattle makes a lot of sense. There was also an interview that I read with uh, Tony Collette with the Huffington Post where the interviewer was like, so Tony, your character is facing sort of a midlife crisis. Have you faced those sorts of same problems? And Tony said, well, not really, because her problem is that she's bad at her job. Whoa. Yeah. Tony never has had that problem. Tony dragged um, Ellie. Yeah. And I was Ellie. like, Ooh. hell yeah. So That's but crazy. she's so she's admitting that she's had all these problems with guys though. Ooh. Well, she's married. She hasn't always been married. That's true. She was she a bachelorette at one that point. Just like that just shows you like how good of an actress Tony is because like that's like I would have had to do like lots of character work to reach the conclusion of like this character's core issue is that she's bad at her job. Like that's a lot of like wow. Good for Tony. She did the work. She showed <laughs> up. <laughs> she does the work. Yeah. She didn't have to do any work for this movie. She really didn't. Oh, she also did another interview where she said that she's a lazy actor. She said that uh, she looks for scripts where there's a role where she thinks I can do that. Uh, and she read the script and she saw the role and she was like, that's in my wheelhouse. So she yeah, took the role. But like she can it. do anything. So it's like, I know. I love how she just does everything. <laughs> it's so funny. Like what genre it is, like what kind of character, like how good or not it is. She's, just she's like, so like cavalier. Okay. She's, she's like, I only pick roles that are easy to me. And then she does hereditary. Yeah. And like, Oh my gosh, she might win an Emmy this week. Right, that's for right. What? For Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, shit. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it the, either. Whatever happened to that other Netflix show that she was in, Wanderlust or something? Oh, I have no idea, actually. We're covering that on the podcast at some point. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're also yeah, we'll supposed there. to cover um, the show Hostages, but I think that we're just going to do the pilot and see if it's good. We're six months behind where we were going to be. Weren't we going to be like doing hereditary like now? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, guess oh, you guys, have to wait you, guys longer. Have, you guys haven't done hereditary yet. No, we're going in, in like, chronological order. It's going to be okay. in like six months. Yeah. That may, yeah. Wow. I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for that. I rewatched hereditary recently, but. <gasps> I watched be one of we're, our we're talking biggest. about Lucky Ben. I watched Midsummer for the first time you like did? the other night. You finally yeah, saw it? I finally saw it. What I watched it with think? my roommate. I thought it was so scary. The fucking cliff scene. Oh my god, literally. Okay, right before the cliff scene, like at the very beginning when there's this really long like panning shot of um all the people just like staring up at the sky mm-hmm. and only one person is holding a prop. And it's the old dude with the giant mallet. And I was like, why the fuck is there just one guy like holding a mallet? And then like five minutes later, I found out why. <laughs> and okay, I like, the- I like texted like- somebody. I was like, this movie's stupid. They, they didn't, they, they didn't spread out. They don't have enough props. That's just the whole premise of that movie is just, they set up a whole bunch of things in the beginning that you're like, why is it there? And then two hours later, it's like, oh, that's yeah. why the bit is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't the first 10 minutes like the worst thing of your It was the worst life? thing I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. See, this I, is the thing about I was horrified. Hereditary. This is why yeah, I liked Hereditary it's the more. same feeling. 
it, it's the same feeling, but in Hereditary, they built up the first half hour to that feeling. Yeah. Like you thought the movie was going to be it wasn't right away movie, and then all of a sudden they t- they take the rug out from under you in Midsommar, they just like yeah right away they don't give a shit Midsommar. Yeah. I wish Tony was in Midsummer. Oh she my could god! Have easily been one of the like Swedish people. Easily, easily. She could have done the Swedish accent. She could have been the queen woman or whatever. Like they have like the queen lady who like um who like assists in the in the humping. You know that scene where they're like, oh yeah. That's who Tony would have been. The lady like grabbing the guy's ass cheeks, like thrusting him. No, it's she plays the boyfriend. She plays Florence Pugh's like much older girlfriend who's shitting <laughs> i would love that God. no but i don't want to see tony die see this is the thing is that she would be too likable in that role and then yeah literally also literally everybody in midsummer dies yeah i don't think tony has tony ever died in a movie that we've yes in hereditary. Um, oh god the one where she went on the uh motorcycle hey hey it's esther blueberger Oh, but she dies oh like off screen. How could I forget? That was one of my favorite movies. That's <laughs> on the was. list. Yeah. Maybe that's her thing. Maybe she doesn't take scripts where she dies on camera. What if the Maybe. end of Lucky Them, she like sees Johnny Depp and then she just drives off the waterfall? <laughs> <laughs> she kills herself because she's, she's like, like, I can't. It's Johnny Depp. I can't. Jesus. <laughs> Are we um, at that so, part yet? Yeah, wait, no, no, so we're not. So um so essentially, so wedding. Is that where we left off? Wedding? Yeah, we we're don't have to go chronologically. We can we just don't chronologically. So essentially after the wedding, um she, so <laughs> she so she fucks a guy at the wedding. Lucas then shows up and is like, I didn't text you for two days, but I meant to come. And she's supposed to feel really guilty about that. I don't. Yeah. I'm like, I would have done the same oh, thing. Oh, absolutely fucking <laughs> not. Like, you you didn't have any time to say, like, ETA tomorrow, you know? And then, like, right after that, she fucks, like, that rando in the, at the movie, at the, in the bathroom at the That was awesome. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a montage. And she's, like, rolling her eyes while she's, like. That was so hot. Up against the wall. <laughs> It was hot, but I, but at the same time, I was also like, these younger boys don't deserve you. That's true. No. But do the older men? No. No. Like, if anything, like, Thomas Hayden Church deserved her more than the rest of them, I guess. Yeah. But that's why yeah. she was so shitty to, like, every server they had in the movie, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> she he, was. She's a terrible patron. He yeah. goes up to every bartender in the movie and says, can I have a clean glass, a <sighs> bottle of water, and a whole lime? A whole lime. Like, like, I would punch him in the face. Truly. The only time he received his whole lime was when he was the only person in the bar. Yeah. Saved it from Johnny Depp's new mythical wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah so so essentially wait so what's the catalyst that gets her oh okay so she breaks in yes so oh, on the yeah. quest for on the quest for their documentary she's like why don't I just fucking break into his childhood home I don't think anyone lives there um so she breaks into the childhood home where she awkwardly states that she lost her virginity 
Oh, I love uh, that. She's rubbing the bed. And they're just like going oh through the God. shit. And then all of a sudden, um, Matthew Smith's dad shows up and is like, the fuck are you doing here? You crazy yeah. bitch, Ellie. I don't even want to. I, I hated you. you always. I hated you always. Yeah. You ruined my life. But it didn't seem like he did. I know. He didn't call the cops or anything. He was just like, please leave my base. He literally was so like oh. even keeled and normal. Yeah. And then afterwards, she's like, he always hated me. I'm like, I I think that you have some stuff you need to work out. I, also, I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Johnny Depp's dad thought that he was dead? Like, what was the... Oh, I God. It was very unclear. Well... He's- says that he didn't or he says that I haven't talked to him in years hmm. oh but then at the same time it's like why was most of his stuff the same in the room when she broke in and she even goes when she walks in there's a really awkward exchange where she's like it even still smells the same and then Thomas Hayden Church has some stupid line there's about no way it smells the same there's no way well, it kind of like, just smells but it like got me thinking, memory. I was like, maybe was he still there? Or did he go there? Did Johnny Depp's character go back to the childhood home every once in a while? Uh, in well, he changed the um, he changed the address of the magazine delivery, which is how she cracks the case. Yes. So but she so leaves she, he leaves his mom's name on it or something yes so she so she so she goes through the old stack magazines and but she keeps one uh upon leaving and that's how she figures out that um he still yeah he still has his subscription to stacks it's you like, would think this would have so been dumb. easily solved by literally anyone especially yeah. since he still lives like within driving distance yeah and has yeah. a new child and a wife i mean i guess they kind of solved that or they kind of closed that loophole by like her going to the private investigator and him being like i can't fucking do anything for you but like she could have gone to the police precinct right fuck no we don't deal with cops here this movie, in that sense, was like ahead of its time. It was. It was it's an anti-cop movie. An anti-cop. Pro-rape. Anti-cop. Bad at jobs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not just pro-cops should quit their jobs. Everybody should quit their jobs. Nobody should have a job because work sucks. And what you should do is you I should know, just go to bars and ask for limes. No, don't do that. I agree. We should all just be rich enough to choose our whatever our hobby is and our passion is, like Thomas Hayden Church. Yes. Wait, yeah. Also, another notable line in this movie um, that I took a mental note of is when his um, his fiance is like, "You shouldn't be a documentarian. Documentaries are for poor people." Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> for poor people, by poor, poor people. people. And doesn't what does she Tony said? Say? Only like, poor people should make documentaries. I only want to see documentaries that have shitty audio, shitty video that were edited on Windows Movie Maker. Otherwise, it's not Praxis. It's just, and then Tony seems- says, "I saw a movie made by a monkey of a monkey for monkeys oh, and that's on YouTube, real. Oh, and it was real." And then the girl goes, "That's not funny, and yeah. that's animal abuse." 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, this girl, not only is she a prostitute, um, which they then later mentioned. Sex basically. worker. And you're just like, what? So not only is she a prostitute and an animal conservationist, she's also an elitist. So yes. yeah. she just has these three conflicts. She's my favorite. <laughs> She's my favorite character in yeah, the show. And she was played by Meryl Streep. Can you believe it? Like <laughs> I wish, I wish more than anything that as she had been railing against animal abuse, like a waiter would have brought her over like veal. Well, yeah. she wanted a bush baby for her her wedding present. Yeah. Which is animal abuse. And then it was is that, dead. Is that what it was called? A bush baby. It was baby. dead on arrival. It was yeah. a DOA bush baby. I also so, so much animal abuse in this movie because the fish died at the beginning. Wow, true. And her fish are named Kurt and Courtney. Well the fish is fish dead fish is easy to um like do on film. Like it was definitely a pro. Um I was appreciative that they didn't show the dead bush baby. Yeah. That's all, like, that's a good point. Hereditary territory. I like the idea that they that I that the Bush baby was probably about ten percent of the total budget to rent that Bush baby for right. a few hours. <laughs> that's a good point. Bush baby, the RV, and like that awful fucking Johnny Depp <laughs> and Johnny Depp. <laughs> and Johnny. God. No, but here's Awkward. the thing about the wig. I just want to talk about... Why do you hate the wig? Pizzeria's wig? I was thinking about, like, why they chose this wig for her the whole time. And and my my assumption, my guess, is that because they were obsessed with Toni Collette having blonde hair for her character. And Nina Arianda is a natural blonde. So they were like, we have to slap on an awful brunette wig so to contrast Toni Collette. Well, because yeah, that was Tony's natural life. Yeah, because when people see women, when people see women in a movie, listen, this is scientific. When people see women in a movie, if they have the same hair color, then people won't be able to tell the difference between them. Uh, Regardless of race, regardless of height, regardless, regardless of anything else, people will go like, "Oh, two brunettes." With men, Ryan Murphy can cast 15 of the same white man. And we're supposed to tell the difference, but when it comes to two women... At least Ryan Murphy casts multiple blondes at once. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, Has Ryan Murphy ever cast multiple black people? No. Uh, In Hollywood, but that was like the point. He was like, look, I can... He was like, look, guys, I can have... (laughs) multiple black people and multiple gays because I'm what? A feminist? The whole point of Hollywood, which I fucking hated. Everyone said it sucked. <laughs> Sorry to go on a tangent, but that was the whole point. Um, was for yeah. Ryan Murphy to be like, look, guys. Which is so funny because it's like... Isn't it like the point is like what if the first woman to run a movie studio was in like 1930 but in real life the first woman to run a movie studio was in like 1912? Oh yeah. I think think that the woman who put Judy Garland in blackface and on speed pills (laughs) when she was a teenager was a girl boss. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You have a good point. Those is all black people. Uh, pose? Yeah. 
Oh, is that Ryan think. Murphy or is it yeah. just an X? Oh, it's I thought it was Murphy. just and Brad Falchuk. But I think oh, wow. Ryan Murphy. It's a Ryan Murphy produced show. Does he write oh. it? He created it. He created it though. And also watching it, it's very, very, very Ryan Murphy. Like tonally, it's like yeah. earnest. Like let's follow our dreams because guess what? We are ourselves. I mean, it's really yeah. good. Like they're really talented, but it's still got that vibe. Yeah, no, I feel you. I, I have a lot of problems with Ryan Murphy, but that's a whole other podcast. I could, like, Samantha's heard all of it. I could go yeah. on for hours. I mean, the representation is, um, I like, yeah, I like that he gives great. jobs to a lot that of people. Was his, that was not- his main thing that he's done right. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Everything else, the content necessarily isn't great. But. I really liked the episode of The Politician when uh, Ben Platt's character gets canceled and he has to deliver a teary-eyed speech to his campaign staff about how maybe one day he will be uncanceled and then he can run for like state senate or whatever again. I have a, I, um, I think Alistair plays the missing link between Tony Collette and Adina Menzel. Probably. Because she, I would played, to t- she basically plays Tara in Next to Normal. Yeah, kind of. Um, but I mean, like... She plays, like, a worse version of Tara. I mean, like, yeah, multiple personality disorder, bipolar. They're the same. Like, Tara... I feel like I, I feel like the moment where Tara goes, I thought I was better in United States of Tara is basically... Uh, Alice Ripley's arc for most of Next to Normal. It's very, it, it's it's very much like like mother who has been handling things for a while. Yeah, has like an episode and is like, oh fuck, I'm actually not handling things. Do you yeah. think Alice Ripley's gonna listen to this podcast because you're friends with her? Um, will you no. send it to her? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I think she should because they, she should come on. I, if we like had Ripley the band on oh the Tony Awards, I would love that. I, I, I mean, I could maybe pull some strings, but I think I'll, that I think it's it, okay. I, you don't have to. I'll DM her <laughs> because yeah. I, if she's not going to listen, I will say that I saw her in Next to Normal on the tour, and I was very scared because her voice was doing that thing at the time where it just started to die, um, yeah. and everyone was talking about it, and it was just so scary to watch because she was just. <laughs> Basically, neighing every oh, lyric. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like, I still would have paid good money to see that. Like, because, oh, absolutely. Because similar to Tony Collette, I just want to see Alice Ripley emote, and you know, she's going to. Yes. <laughs> uh, honestly, Tony Collette, I think, um, in my mind, is probably a much, like, she's an amazing film actress. She's just an amazing actress. We all agree on that. That's why we're here. Yes. But I think that in my mind, she's probably actually better at theater than film. I think she will be. Hear me out. Because her face is, like, so ridiculously expressive. Yes. That, like, I would feel whatever Toni Collette's feeling at the back of the house. But she's just so good that her acting kind of transcends whatever medium... But she does, there are some roles where she feels a little over the top, but just because of the way she emotes. Yeah. And And it's always like, this is over the top, but I like it. It's never, this is over the top, and I wish she would stop. And on that note, I think that brings us to the 
climax of the film, where yes. she finally, actually, so not having watched a Tony movie in like six months, when I saw The Ugly Cry for the first time. It felt like home. It felt it like did. home. I was it like, she's like crying. That was so good. Um, like, I was crying today at work. I like went into another room. Um, I'll tell you why later. But uh, when, as I was crying, my face was doing the thing and I was like, it's a Tony moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, that makes a lot of, it's like, it's, it's good though, because it's like, it's, it feels genuine every time she yeah. does it. I don't know. Yeah. How. You can really see like every part of the journey. I loved it's not it. something that she just because, like goes into. Like this yeah. one was so special too, because she was like, she was like trying to play it off at the same time and like laugh it off. Like it had this like, yeah. this like tension where she was like, laughing and crying at the same time and like because she just couldn't believe that she saw him again and then yeah um it was like i think i I just thought it was a really good um but it was up until that moment that finally i was like oh okay that's the point of this film Um, exactly (laughs) she sold it she sold the fuck out of it like i said she rules uh do we want to move on to awards now um, yeah, one more thing. I feel like I just, I, I definitely uh, wrote something down that I knew you would hate, Sam. Okay. Was when randomly at the end, there after this scene, there, there was completely unnecessary voiceover narration for like oh my 10 God. seconds. Because you hate that and it made no sense because it was nowhere else. Actually, it was at the beginning. Yeah. It was at the beginning. I hate voiceover narration. But then yeah. she just goes, we all have someone like Matthew Smith. I'm like, do we? <laughs> I See, I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of related to it, but I guess it's like we don't, I don't know. But at the same time, like I'm also a hoe and I'm also like. Maybe big- you're somebody else's Matthew Smith. Maybe. Ooh. I think that, like, I have been in lots of relationships with lots of toxic men. Um, or not lots of relationships, but I've been associated with lots of toxic men. So that point I understood. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I have had somebody who um, I think about a lot from my past who really fucked me over, I guess, kind of a thing. Yeah. Like, kind of like the, well, yeah, I guess the idealized, like, love is what she meant by that. Like, you you put someone on a pedestal because you know that they're not, like, attainable and you're, like... Oh, nostalgic. I honestly... Oh, yeah. yeah, that also makes sense. I was just I thinking it. about, like, uh, people mm-hmm. who you always wonder about. Mm-hmm. Like, what would have happened if... Yeah, you know. or, like, where are they? Like... Yeah. Are they alive, you know? Did they jump off the waterfall? Um, there was a period of time in high school when you stopped showing up to school, Sam. And I would check <laughs> your and I would occasionally check your Facebook wall to see if you had died. Yeah, see that's why this movie is it uh is dated or it was written in like two thousand and four. Yeah. Because um like she could have just like done a deep dive on the web like <laughs> God, wait we didn't even talk about that weird ass like lead they had with that like guy 
in front of his trailer who they gave $500 to oh and he just ran God. away. Oh, yeah. I think that the whole point <laughs> of that scene, I guess, was just to, like, illustrate how bad Tony Collette was at investigating. And how bad her yeah. boss is if she just, if he just gave her money. But I like also, the- like... I was gonna just say I like that she was smart enough to only give him half. Yeah. 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 But it but was, she was like, like chasing him because he made this video of like she thought that he recorded a video of Matthew Smith like singing, and then she heard she hears the video, and she knows it's him. But then later when she sees him, she's like, "I saw the video in your new song," and he's like, "There haven't been any new songs." Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's and like, she's no, like, no, "I made it up." Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I I, sh- I guess it was just like she was like, it's not worth it. I'm just gonna. Leave. That was a loose end that I wish had been wrapped up in a more satisfying yeah. way. Yeah, I agree. I also wish that she had just given him the full thousand, because then the joke would have been funnier. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, what? Like, who was writing this movie? Like, like it's not that the 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 lines themselves were bad it's just that it it was just very it was sloppy it was inconsistent i honestly i i liked the script um i think that just because like i don't know like i liked it i think that there are definitely choices that i would have made differently but there is there wasn't really the only thing that really stuck out to me was that matthew smith is a boring name and that not a lot of the other characters had interior lives besides Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. I think the one thing that actually pissed me off the most was the music that they chose for the scoring. Um, I just didn't like it, but I know that they were trying to set this indie tone, but yeah. And she was like an alternative rock fan. I felt like the music was too like, happy and like bubbly and like um fast i was like why didn't they have more like grungy or like slower or like moody yeah like like yeah. a fiona apple <laughs> I, honestly kind of, I feel like the vibe would have been so much more of like a you know like inside lewin davis type thing yeah if, if if it had been like slower scoring and like like a kind of a methodical contemplative movie instead of like a Bam, bam, bam. I'm Tony. I'm walking down the street. Because it's like the scene, like it didn't match the actual story, like what was actually happening on screen. It should have like, been like yes. an movie. I think that was my biggest issue too, is that it should have been more like the stakes felt too low the whole time. Yeah. And I, I liked the casual yeah. vibe, but I also felt like there was no shift in the stakes ever. I, I also think like one thing also that I'm realizing now since I just like brought up music is that the movie kind of really is about music so why weren't the songs better right I feel like they should have put more effort like I feel like the movie probably easily could have been like 10 times better if they just worked really hard on the music because the movie's about yeah. music but it was a straight play it was definitely yeah. a straight yeah. play with no, yeah. a musical yeah. I liked Are, the um well, I'll save that for awards. Do we want to okay, do let's awards move now? On. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So here on the Tony Awards, we deliver three awards to each movie. First of which is best prop. So Samuel, what was your best prop? Um, 
<laughs> I was gonna say the the dead um what's the animal the the dead uh the bush, bush baby, baby. Yeah. um but the dead bush baby as we did discuss was um not present so I'm gonna go with my second choice which was um the ever-flowing um interchangeable whiskey neat glasses that yes. were just downed in like pretty much in every scene <laughs> yeah. that's my favorite thing uh my best prop was the dead seahorse symbolizing the fact that tony's fucking up her life <laughs> what about you jake um so as i said earlier my best prop was going to be pizzerina's uh wig that you hated so much but i think actually it was tony's um sexy fringy wedding top that she wore Ooh. to thomas hayden church's wedding she had this like no back like all white fringe blouse and she never ever wore anything besides like a t-shirt in any other scene so i thought it was fun it was sexy i yeah. love that that was uh, sexy. that was awesome uh yes, okay. sexy. best award and she didn't show her boobs but they were there Next award is best Tony moment. Uh, so Jake, what was yours? Well, if you're gonna let me go first, then I'm going to go with the ugly crying scene because that's mm-hmm. that's good. And I'm sorry to take it from you because mm-hmm. I know that's the probably the best moment. But um, it's just like so. I was like, oh, thank God they let her do this. Like she's fully giving it to us. Like. This is why she's here. This is her audition scene. She was probably like wig that they hired Johnny Depp to be opposite her for this moment. True, true. She's like, this is my only chance to be in a movie with him. Yeah. My best Tony moment was um, when, what's his face? Uh, Lucas is singing to her. He's like following her around with the guitar. And I feel like there's a lot of shit to be talked and rightfully so about this trope of like the persistent man pursuing the woman who won't say no, but she was very clearly like into it. So I gave him a pass for that. And I thought that she did really well with not a lot um, to do, but just react to him in that moment. And it was really cute. And it really sold me on them being together until uh, they broke up for a stupid reason. What about you, Sam? (laughs) Yeah, she did a lot of like making all of the men in the movie look really good. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So my best Tony moment was uh, also yours, Jake. Um, Just because like quintessential Tony moment. but I guess like I would also like to go with um, the sex montage when she's in a bathroom and like rolling her <laughs> um, That's my number two. It was two. very girls. <laughs> it was very like HBO's girls. It was very <laughs> just, it was just like, okay. Like I, I, this whole movie was just a series of moments where I was like, I'm here for you, Tony. And nothing else. <laughs> it was also the most graphic scene in the movie. It was so random. Yeah. It it was. It was. I think that's why it stands out to me. Yeah. I was like, finally, like, oh. we get to see Tony Collette. Fuck. It's been too long. It's been too well, she long. talks. She she spends most of the movie talking about like all the guys she's fucked, 
and then like well i mean not talking about them but alluding to it i guess yeah Um, Yeah. and then like and it's like finally but i'm Um, so the next is the custom award. Uh, I kind of stole one of your guys's for mine because mine was sexiest wedding outfit and it was Tony oh. at the wedding. Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. what about you guys? Um, mine was, uh, dumbest, um, fake acting business, uh, for when she's visiting her bartender friend at the end of the movie and she's just like cutting limes for her. Like, there's mm-hmm. only one person who works at this establishment, and Tony has to help cut limes. I just thought it was <laughs> That's always a, a prop for something to do. That's always <laughs> what my instinct was when I would visit, uh, like, Brandon at the Louise. Or you wanted to cut limes? No, just because I was like, I feel like I should be helping. You know, I was like, I'm just oh, sitting yeah. here, and you're running around doing all this stuff. <laughs> well, you could apply for a job, Sam. Well, I didn't want to work there. I just wanted I just wanted to lend a hand while I was talking to my friend Brandon about the new Banks Free. album. The or whatever Banks was album. going on in like 2015. It was the new Banks album. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? Um my best uh I guess my custom award is worse wig for Nina Arianda. Um <laughs> <laughs> I just really my pet peeve about movies is when they they just get a cheap wig. I'm just like, you're gonna see that it's fake. It's a movie. You didn't guys. even realize it was a wig. <laughs> I didn't oh, either. It's, it's bad, you guys. Come on. I, love, Maybe I, I would just... totally wear that wig. Like literally want it. I wanted it. No, like it I would time. wear that wig. Like that wig would work for like if if a character in a movie was purposely putting on a wig to like be like a a spy or go to a bar and be incognito or something, then I'd be like, okay, like, um, (laughs) it's like, she like, it's like she went on one of Tony's dates to spy on it and then just never took the wig off. (laughs) That's exactly what that wig is. It's like they gave her Angelina Jolie's wig from salt and was just like, let's dye it a little bit like lighter. (laughs) She has like a mustache too. <laughs> I just love Nina. I love Nina Arianda so much, and I and like I just didn't recognize her, not in a good way, and I was upset because Nina Arianda deserves like a top quality wig. She She's does. a top quality actress, and she, my girl, only deserves the best. And they really did her dirty with that. It kind of reminded me of the wig of Michelle Williams' wig in Venom. I don't know if you guys saw. Did not see Venom. Infamous Mm-mm. for being terrible. Why is Michelle Williams in everything? She hasn't worked with Tony yet. I don't um, for, know. For all the podcasters um, who are just listening, I shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, are we done with awards? I think so. Cool. Do we want to move on to our favorite segment? Is it better than Blue Burger? Jake. Wait, I thought there already was a, a movie better than Blue Burger. Sam. Oh, what was it? I think Way Back was better. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Wow. Okay. Jake, <laughs> your favorite movie we have covered so far has been The Way Way Backs. Is this better than The Way Way Back? Um, no. The word right. is, though. The what? The wig was better. Yes. Okay. The wig, the wig by itself. 
the way um, do any of us have anything to plug well um everything's on hold everything's on hold but you guys should be donating to different uh community right. organizations mutual aid mm-hmm. funds black lives matter stuff oh yeah I'll, I'll plug this organization and um, it's in new york and there's this wo- this woman named nicole johnson who i've known since high school um and she has this organization called move um so right now she's doing these um edify workshops that i've been looking into i haven't done one yet but i'm gonna plug her anyway just because it's a good uh hometown new york organization that's um has been doing a lot um they they had a campaign to research to have money um funded they they, her organization built a school in cambodia in um 2012 and she also donated money to autism research. She's done a lot. So now she's doing anti-racism work. Um, and you should look up Move. That's M-O-V-E. Her Instagram handle is proud to be a mover with to the number. Great. Uh, we will put that in the show notes. And with that, I guess that's the end of our podcast. It's glad to be, it's glad. It's glad to be back. It's great to be back. I say, Sam Salesman, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Um, I love Tony Collette.